0: Hi, this is Greg Anderson, and this is the Living in Carver County podcast. It's an insider's guide or insider's conversation rather with the people who make Carver County the best place to live, work, and raise a family. And I'm especially grateful today because my guest is someone who actually has an impact on the county at a broader sense. Um, My guest is uh, uh, Carver County Commissioner Tom Workman. Tom is in charge of District 2 or the representative for District 2. Boy, I'm having trouble talking today. District two, and that basically is Chanhassen precincts one A, one B, two A, two B, three, and uh, one in Victoria, which basically is all the northern part of Chanhassen and in the eastern part of Victoria. Um, Tom, thank you for agreeing to do this. I know that uh, your schedule's tight, and I appreciate you squeezing me in. So welcome. good to see
1: you. Good to see you. Good to be here. I just say my district is. Everything in Victorian Chanhassen, north of Highway 5, and then I dip down at Paisley Park uh, to Lyman Boulevard over to the high school in the Arboretum, and it's commonly referred to as the best part of Chanhassen, is what it is, (laughs) and Victoria.
0: Which I'm sure Gail wouldn't uh, take exception to at all. (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I'd like to start off with maybe getting a little bit of background um, on your, you personally. You know, where did you grow up? where did you go to school? And, you know, kind of what kind of a life road that you were on. We, and I, we're going to talk about things. Tom's got some pretty extensive experience with the state and uh, also with the city of Chanhassen prior to being a commissioner. And we're going to dig into that a little bit deeper as we get going. But maybe just talk a little bit about, you know, your, your family you kind of have some pretty deep roots in the community, right?
1: I do. My, on my mom's side, um, like sometimes had to remind, uh, the good commissioners from the Western part of the County that I didn't just drop, drop in from some fancy, uh, university fraternity. Um, my mom was born in the house next to the, uh, Carver fire station, um, on the farm. And uh, my dad grew up in, uh, so my mom came from a great bunch of German people who came over here in the 1800s. And my dad grew up in uh, South Minneapolis, uh, 54th and Hiawatha, between the VA and the, the river. Um, and, but his family, my grandfather, came up from South Carolina. And um, uh, the workmen's kind of entered through South Carolina. My great grandfather, for who I'm named after, hid horses in the Civil War for the South. And once I get to that point of the description, a lot of people raise their eyebrows, hey, maybe I do understand workmen's politics now. So, but, uh, um, <laughs> we'll, but we'll get uh, there. We'll get there. <laughs> after World War One, Grandpa came up here. There weren't a lot of workmen's, and uh, um. My dad was born in the house in Minneapolis and, uh, glad he met my mom. And, uh, but I, I, uh, uh as I've said before, the, uh, the day I was born, my dad on a promotion, uh, got moved out to Hutchinson. So the first two years of my life, uh, were out there. And after that, uh, moved back to Chaska. So I've been a Chaska, really, I'm a Chaska guy. And, um, you know, went to Chaska high school, went to guardian angels grade school, um, and uh, went to college from there. Okay, where'd you go to school at? We uh, started out at St. Cloud State, went to the University of Minnesota, and finished at St. Cloud State.
0: Okay, and what was your uh, area of focus?
1: Well, it was going to be finance. St. Cloud State was uh, uh, actually really growing at the time, and it was very difficult to get uh, the classes I wanted, and I was I'm. I'm traditionally not a very patient person, and um, <laughs> and I was paying my way. I mean, so I was paying for my own college, and, you know, I was getting kind of picky about things, and anyway, it was just taking longer than I wanted, and um, I finally uh, said I'm switching to uh, political science and got a minor in economics and uh, got married while I was still in college, I had a kid. And uh, got three more kids after that, and uh, everything, everything worked out well. So
0: OK, so what'd you do after college?
1: Well, uh, right at the end, I uh, and that's when I got involved in, uh, in politics um, uh, in, in the political science department, and ended up working for the Congressman up there, Congressman Arlen Stanglin, uh, up in the that's old that name seventh from the past. <laughs> yep seventh district up there, 30 counties or something, you know, it's still a huge district up there. Um, but I got involved, uh, you know, interned in his office, uh, 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 my final year of college, uh, was the campaign assistant number two guy. Uh, but I had kind of a career with UPS starting up in my kind of my trucking career. Um, and I had worked at super values warehouse and, paying my way through, and uh, but I was offered a management job with UPS. So once the campaign ended, uh, I was offered an opportunity to go out to D.C. Um, as a staffer. Uh, I was tired of being broke. I had a wife and I had a daughter, and I don't think it was going to work. So I took uh, UPS up on the offer. And uh, did that for about a year before I moved back here. My dad uh, always wanted me to be in the insurance business with him. Uh, he was casualty assurance group out of the Klein banks. And, uh, and, I, and I did insurance for about five years. But all the while, um, you know, I, I had real jobs and I had the fake jobs. So the fake job, uh, the moonlight job was the city council. Uh, That was uh, the 88 election, so 89 to 92. I was a city council member up here and doing a lot of different things. And then uh, in 92, I ran for the legislature, the House. And uh, at that time, I shifted back to my trucking love, and that's when I got into the garbage business and learned that... um, Garbage and politics are very, very close bedfellows. and uh, But I ended, ended up growing it and running it, and uh, eventually the owner sold it and moved to Florida. And uh, I stayed in the garbage business for some time. Um, uh, so legislature and garbage, and then... So the uh,
0: garbage is the real job, legislature is the fake job, or the other way around?
1: Yeah, the well, the legislature is the one you got to pay even more close attention to. But yeah, I mean, it, you, know, we, you know, legislators back then made about $31,000 per diems, you know, maybe $38,000 a year. Um, uh, not bad. I mean, I probably would have done it for free. Uh, but um, it, it wasn't something you were going to make a big living. Legislators don't get rich. In fact, in the legislature, the campaigning, and certainly today, the campaigning and the, uh, the schedule of the legislature, I have said, will defoliate uh, almost everything uh, in your life that's good. If you're not careful, your family, um, uh, your job, uh, it's hard to have a job when you've got to be at the Capitol from 8 to midnight at this time of the year. And so, uh, but it really does come first because you can't just not show up. So, uh, it really does suck the air out of the, out of the room when, you, when you're doing it. Uh, they're about to be done on Monday. Um, and they'll have a summer off to relax. Uh, but, uh, but, so, so that, that's what I did. I, at the end of 19 uh, or 2002, 10 years in the legislature, I decided that was enough. And my garbage career was moving in some different directions. And I thought I better pay better attention to that. And then I uh, I decided at the last minute to run for the county board. And I've been there since 2003. Okay. So for
0: people that are maybe, you know, county boards has some uh, – different impact I mean it has a lot of direct impact on people's lives but I think there's a lot of people particularly like new people coming into the county who maybe lived in more metropolitan areas where that was you know what was happening at the county level was maybe a little uh, either abstract or you know not directly it it, not as much in their faces you know city government for example so maybe talk a little bit about uh, just kind of a here's what commissioners do 101.
1: Um well it's the uh, it's the not sexy um, level of government that does a lot and it it does a lot uh, you that you may completely be unaware of in fact i I think I think it's the stuff that people appreciate uh, that gets done um, done well but that they don't have to deal with but uh, as I've said um, if you have a contact with the county, you may be in trouble. Um, you know, we're the sheriff's department, we're the county attorney, we're the jail, uh, we're all the social services uh, dollars. Um, so if you're, you know, if you're on Obamacare, um, if you're on uh, food stamps, if you're on any number of what are federal programs, those are the programs that the county takes care of. Uh, the government, federal government sends us money, a lot of money, and we take care of those issues. So uh, we send you your property tax statement. Um, I was in, in the Chanasson, beautiful Chanhassen Library the other day. Libraries are a county function. Uh, the regional parks like uh, Minnawashta and now uh, Lake Waconia Regional Park are county parks. That's, that's about as sexy as we get uh, with the, the libraries. Um, I had that conversation with the librarians in there that uh, and by the way, they're going to be definitely going to be opening up Carver County is uh, had already planned uh, by June 1st to get more opening up and opening up our our boardroom and other things. I'm really pressing and I'm not happy yet that our license centers are still closed uh, to in mostly inside stuff, but. But anyway, so most of this stuff isn't real sexy stuff. We don't build housing developments. We get to build the county road that the housing development is nearby. Uh, nobody asks our permission if they can build a housing development, but we have to build that road, the taxpayers of Carver County. So um, we're, we're kind of that thing that's everywhere, roads and things, but but it's not usually something that people are get that excited about.
0: So it, it, from an organizational chart standpoint, it's the commissioners and then below that would be like, well, I mean, you, you mentioned in trouble, but also public health, right? I mean, so during the last year, that's been, you're the, you're kind of the tip of the spear in terms of, you know, getting people vaccinated and things like that. Fair enough. Is that accurate? correct? Yeah. And so Correct. Then it, and Carver County
1: has a great relationship with Ridgeview out there in Maconia. A lot of people use the Ridgeview, Ridgeview system. Um, And I, I, you know, I'd love the county to take credit on everything, but Ridgeview really was a strong driver for that, a strong partner, and it worked out really well, I think, so far. So I think better than, I I don't know if Scott County has the same relationship with St. Francis, but it seems like we are way, way ahead on vaccinations and other things, so. Sure.
0: You mentioned, you forgot to mention the thing that's going to have, uh, that most people are going to be really thinking about a lot in the next few months, which is mosquito control. But,
1: <laughs> uh, that is one of my uh, committee assignments. It's been my committee assignment since 2003. I sit on the executive board of that thing too. Very well. I believe one of the best run, uh, organizations that people aren't that aware of. Uh, uh, if you need a little help, uh, uh, in your yard and you got a pond and bad mosquitoes, maybe give me a call and we could probably, I'm not going to get over there with my own truck or a helicopter, but uh, mosquito control <laughs> wants There's to know. Tom with a little pump, need a little pump sprayer. I do it, <laughs> but they want to know, they want to know where, where, uh, where problems are and, and they've helped. Um, they've helped uh, people in Shanahan. Uh They know they got a big event coming up. What can you do? And I'd make a call and, Mosquito Control will come by and see what they can do. Enki Brewing had a horrible, uh, they didn't ask me. Uh, I was having a nice pint at Enki Brewing, also in my district. Um, uh, There's a swamp there between Highway 5 and Enki, and I couldn't believe uh, the amount of mosquitoes and the size of them and so i did make it's all it. the it's all the hot byproduct something I, don't know. I was sweating or something by the
0: way when you're selling a property it's called a wildlife refuge when you're buying it it's a swamp just so you're clear on that
1: it's a drainage ditch that's what it is yes. okay
0: so all right so talk a little bit about how i mean in some of the episodes when i've had mayors on you know, one of the things we talk about is the strong mayor, weak mayor system. Um, so from the county standpoint, I mean, you, you, you know, I, it just made me think about it when you said i do it. But it's not really what you do, right? I mean, you're really more like a, you really function more like a corporate board of directors than, you know. And so talk about maybe the structure of the county. And is that the same in all the counties in the state? you know, where you have uh, a main administrator that's kind of effectively like the CEO and you guys are more like the board of directors. I mean, that's my understanding of the county in terms of how Carver County works. Is that accurate?
1: That is uh, very accurate. Cities uh, have different governments, plan B governments and others where they have a strong mayor and council and the city administrator is lesser, um, but uh, no, we we are, you know, the county administrator, Dave Hemsey, it's his responsibility to manage and run the county. And yeah, we're the oversight board of directors to make sure, um, you know, the school board would be a good example. Um, you know, the superintendent runs the day-to-day operations and, uh, you know, knows what they need the school board for. And that's, that's what we do. You know, we're not, um, you know, we're letting the highway engineer decide, you know, well, these roads should be done first in this order, you know. Okay. I mean, if somebody had a problem, maybe I've not seen it. But um, it's our job to really fund that road project. And, you know, we let, we let the staff do their thing. I think they're doing a great job. Um, so, uh, but, you know, roads is a big, huge part of our, our budget. And so, um, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, we're, we're not supposed to be the micromanagers, but, you know, certain things come up and we might have to remind staff and, and the county administrator that, uh, hey, we better pay attention to this thing a little better and that's our right. And so we do.
0: Okay. So, Talk, you mentioned about you before you said, um, you know revenue coming in. What's the allocation of revenue? You said lot. You said money coming in from the feds, lots of money. What is that trans? What's that look like in terms of um, composition between, you know, t- uh, revenue that's generated through property tax versus revenue that's coming in from, you know, the state or from the fed? As as so, a percent- as say a percentage of what your of the budget that you're as a board that you're responsible for the, you know, equitable distribution of.
1: So the, you know, our, our main revenue stream uh, in Cover County is property taxes. And I think I have my mine right here. <laughs> let see what they're estimating me. Too much. Uh, know that your county uh, commissioner thinks he pays too much. And I know, Greg, you uh, you think you sh- maybe should pay more. But,
0: uh, um, a guy drives a hybrid car, and right away, all of a sudden, he's a tax and spend guy.
1: <laughs> Boy, I was a young guy in the legislature <laughs> on the transportation committee. I ended up being the chair, but uh, all the wise people that were on there before me were worrying about electric cars and where's the gas tax revenue going to come from. And We'll, we'll get so there.
0: I- we'll get there.
1: <laughs> but we're, we're about, and I'm going to maybe get this wrong, but I'm, I'm close enough. $58 million is raised. That used to sound like a lot of money, but $58 million is raised in property taxes in Carver County. I used to say a little bit more than that uh, is the revenue that would come in. So if you said 58 and you doubled it, that's you know 116, but it might be 100 and closer to 130, but our overall spending budget might be 167 million because uh, road project money and bonding and other things come in. So the, the actual overall spending can kind of do this, but that that uh, property tax levy, which is, is probably the gauge that taxpayers mostly use to judge whether you're whether your uh, elected official is doing the right thing or not doesn't go up very much percentage points. So when in in the beginning of September and we have to set the preliminary levy, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the money that's going to come out of the property taxes of Carver County residents and how much are we going to increase that? That's usually what people are are kind of focused on. So if it's 58 million for this year, it might be 59 and a half million next year based on the percentages. Mm-hmm. That moves up relatively slowly. I'd like it to be <clears throat> 55 million next year. Uh, why not? Uh, I think uh, I think a lot of people that are in government, just and including taxpayers, just feel, well, you know what? You know that's the way it is inflation you know just kind of keeps moving up 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 and um i do believe it's my job to ask why well why would you know why couldn't why couldn't the ninth grader have this job if all they got to do is go okay yeah five percent increase in the levy every year why not and so uh why not if my percent. Um, I, think, I think that's the job of an elected official to say, well, why can't we do something different or without something that we maybe don't need? And, and so that's sort of been my role uh, over the years. And uh, uh, we'll see. Um, there's a lot of this CARES money coming into the county. Um, I'm still not positive exactly what we can use that for. So $58 million in that property tax levy uh, last year, the federal government sent us $13 million. I think we have $5 million left to spend of that $13 million, and now they're sending us $21 million. So what are we supposed to do with that? And I would say the people who watch this podcast should call me and their county commissioners and help us figure out a way to spend it. I'm not sure... Uh, we get much by sending it back, um, but I, that's certainly an option. Uh, the federal debt is out of control, and maybe our $21 million or whatever uh, going back would be a, a good sign. But can, we're, we're trying to figure out if we can use it for property tax cuts. Um, we're, we're certainly not going to expand spending in Carver County on programs on short-term money. Right. So, um, you know, hopefully we can accomplish uh, uh, maybe a food bank needs or low income housing needs or other things uh, where we could maybe do a little bit more. So, well,
0: okay, so that, there's a lot to unpack there because there's the, there's sort of the short term. Uh, issue with the CARES money and and with the um, with the um, uh, I forgot what the second wave is called, but with that a second wave of of, of funding coming in. But I want to talk a little bit about taxes because you know one of the commissioners ran on the premise that we have the highest taxes, but you know I anecdotally I I I was kind of, uh, struggling with that because when we moved into Chaska, you know, our house was 195,000. It was in the Parade of Homes and our taxes were $5,900 and my house now, you know, is, is worth, uh, fairly significant amount more than that. And that's the same amount that my taxes are. And, and, be, and you know, you've got the rate and then you've got the, as a multiplier of value. And, and certainly in an appreciating market like we've had now, you know, there's more revenue generated because the you know, the one side of the equation is getting larger, right? And so the actual rate is lower. So we're we talking when we're talking about being highly taxed, are we talking about it as a mill rate? Are we talking about it in terms of total revenue that's generated? And how does that compare with, you know, where other communities are in terms of the development cycle? You know, like, for example, um, you know, the, the the Prince property, you know, generated X amount of dollars when it was basically just land that he looked at when he was writing music versus now with a bunch of, you know, $800,000 houses on it. So you know, and as we're in this growth cycle, and and then and then so much of the property tax budget goes to schools. So we're in a growing community. So we're building a new school. You know, when we put the Chan High School in, you know, it's a ninety-eight million dollar um, expenditure, but it's collect, it's paid for over time with more and more people coming in. There's more people carrying the load, so the effective cost per unit should be going down. And how do we compare with other communities, other counties, rather? you know, either in the metro or nationally that are in the same sort of uh, stage of a growth cycle. I mean, we went from a small sort of rural county or, you know, kind of an exurb county to essentially a suburb, you know, almost a full-blown suburban county. Um, You know, obviously people on the western, you know, people on the western side of the county take exception to that, but, you know, certainly been a lot of growth in, you know, Chanasson, Chaska, Carver, Victoria in the last, you know, 15 years. So, how do you, how do you view that? Does that mean, I realize that's a really convoluted question. I'm talking about a lot to unpack. Yeah. Sorry. Um,
1: but no, no. Um, and you know, I know uh new commissioner, uh, Uderman is, uh, is, is sort of asked that I like his curiosity. Um, I, I think compared to other counties, we, it's hard to compare, um, we are in the sweet spot. Uh, we're not an inner ring city, aging city, uh, redeveloping. We're still developing. And I think um, you can get away. It's, it's kind of like, uh, like a business. Uh, you know, you can get away with a lot of stuff while your business is growing. You have new sales, bigger sales, bigger revenue every year. Um, the problem is, is when, what's going to happen when the growth stops? What, and okay, you don't wait, have all I, those. Can new- I
0: jump in on that though? I mean, the roads, at that point, the roads are built, the schools are built, you know, that they're, and, and, and you've got the density that we don't have, you know, that you don't have. So you've got more, more people carrying the load. Right. I mean, you, you know, the land out, uh, for example, out in church road, you get talking about in your district, you know, that was, there were cows out there, you know, five years ago, and now it's full of, you know, uh, people, you know, driving SUVs, you know, I mean, and they're not inexpensive homes. So is there a point where, is there a point where you don't have to worry about that rate going up because there's an economy of scale in terms of the services. We don't need more roads. The schools are built you know, where things eventually should go down. I mean, isn't that the reason why Edina has the lowest property taxes? You know, they've got a a fully developed industrial park. The schools are fully built. The roads are fully built. So they're basically in a maintenance mode. Then juxtapose that against a very high median value of property, which seems to be the trend for Carver County. You don't see that changing. How does that factor in? I mean, is this something, I guess what I'm asking, is this something people should be worried about? You know, Or is this just part of the growth thing and we're gonna to get to a place where that shouldn't be as much of a concern? I mean, clearly you're gonna have increases in you know wages and cost of doing business and that kind of stuff, but it's a hell of a lot easier to maintain stuff than it is to build it from scratch, right?
1: Well, um, but that still begs the question, if we're the highest, um, if owning a $300,000 home in Chanhassen is X percentage more than owning a $300,000 home in Scott County. I mean, I think your elected officials in Carver County should say, well, why is that? And I think, I think that's what we're going to try to get a little bit more to the bottom of at election time. And is um, that true? I mean, but is that true?
0: You used the. 300- I, I
1: believe it is. You're the realtor. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to get in your lane, but well, that's um, not
0: my, this is, taxes are your lane. <laughs> well, but boy, I mean. So, so that's, why, that's my, that's why I'm asking the, that's why I wanted to have you on. Cause I know that you take a, I mean, yeah, you, you know, I know that you come at the world through a conservative lens. And so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I, I want to make sure you have an opportunity to explain that. And so I'm poking you a little bit on these questions because I, I cause that's the, that's the, uh, that's the counter narrative to, you know, cause it's not simply about, I mean, if it's simply about low taxes, you know, go live in Texas, but then you don't have any services. You're going to have, you know, you're going to have sales tax on everything. You don't have trails. You don't, I mean, there's a quality of life issue. I mean, not everybody in the world drives a Yugo,
1: you know? Well, Scott County would take exception to you comparing them to Texas. I, no, you didn't do that. But, <laughs> no, but uh, no, but I'm saying, I mean, but there's a, if there's a, ultimately if there's always a race to the bottom,
0: there has to be something in there has to be some kind of exchange for that.
1: Well, there there is no I don't think there's a certainly in uh, in Minnesota there's no race to the bottom I just the propensity of government to just get big you know I think a lot of people get elected to local office uh, even the legislature and they've kind of become a part of the government and they think there's they think they're the staff or they you know and and you know, we we got to grow this thing. We got to we got to do more, 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 more. Well, it costs more money to do well. So and then so that's the debate. I I've always said, you know, the the government has enough elected officials pushing it forward and up and spending. They could use a few more people pulling it back just to slow the, the growth so that there it is a good deal. And I I was going to say at election time, you know, newspapers and hey, uh, you know. We're going to ask you these questions. Uh, what about economic development? Well, the county doesn't really do economic development, and I say that. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you support the only the, thing we the, have do
0: the is infrastructure maybe, that allows for economic development to take place, but you don't do economic correct. Development. And
1: and uh, you know, and nobody's ever answered what's the right mix for housing, commercial. Nonprofits, you know, St. Paul has a huge problem. The Catholic Church owns so much of St. Paul; it's not taxed. That's a problem. Okay, so what's what is the balance? You know, I, I mean, I think a lot of people when they go to buy a house, they don't they kind of rush to the well. How much does this house cost per square foot? One hundred and eighty-seven dollars a square foot. Okay, well. I can buy that house down in Scott County for one hundred and sixty-two dollars a square foot. Why is that? I just I think we need to ask the question, and I don't, I don't know that there's a whole lot of difference between Scott County is a beautiful county. Um, we to probably get along with those guys uh, better than anybody and gals. But I'm not sure how many listeners
0: you have, so you don't have to play nice. But no. <laughs> Well, and, no, no, it's nice. I'm kidding.
1: They're brutal, you know. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I used to have lived down there, and so, but you know, they're the river rats uh, when kidding. we used to play them in football. Well, oh, 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 now you're getting in trouble. Now, <laughs> yeah. So, I still haven't met a bad person from Shock. But, um, so I, I'm not going to have to worry about it. Kyra County is going to be growing uh, every year I'm alive. Um, until I'm not alive, and and we're in a great situation. I think uh, Carver County's elders and taxpayers figured out. You know, you got your your urban core. You got your first ring, second ring, third ring, fourth, fifth ring. We're learning things, you know, what to do, and um, you know what is what what is st louis park doing as as they're just redeveloping and you know so um you know i'm a student of all of that um but i would i i would like the taxpayers of carver county chanass and victoria for sure to get a good deal for for their buck Mm -hmm. and you know just like uh again buying a house minnetonka district chaska district Edina district. I mean, all these things weigh in on, on the decision. And I think people pick Chaska district 112. they're making a good decision, but I want that school district to run lean. I want, you know, South Dakota, I think their students have the highest SAT scores in the nation and they pay the least per pupil. Why not? Now, my wife 's in education, so and she should make two thirds more you know, but um, I, I just you know I think I think more elected officials, and I think many do, need to sort of be there to say, why, why are we doing this, and get active uh, with the spending if we don 't need to do it i 've never i 'm not a Keynesian, so i 'm not big on the government pump priming. The economy and creating jobs just to create jobs, and so if we don't need it, let's uh, let's do it differently. And I think Carver County, it's probably been the disappointment for me is that we we are a healthy, wealthy, smart county of people. We we don't have to do anything like anybody else. We we should be creating what. A suburban county should be doing, and I know Anoka is is doing a lot of those different things. You know, Anoka they they furloughed hundreds of employees. Carver County did not uh, during the last year in the COVID. Uh, we had them doing other things, and we kept everybody. I don't think anybody lost their job or got laid off. So maybe we should have. You know, uh, I don't know how much money we would have saved and. But but um, you know I, I think that's your elected official's job is to to take a look at all of those different things and and uh, if you can get a tax pay you know that the, the uh, taxes that they pay uh, look looks like a better deal why not so um, otherwise you know you can people can always contact me. And they do, uh, you know. Let's we need to do this. We need to do that. Usually, they're contacting me and saying, "Don't build that road by my house." Yeah, but um, (laughs) nobody wants the road uh, going by. But um, you know, uh, what should we be doing? I mean, I'm excited for a lot of people who use the library. We're going to get them open. What about license tabs? You know, you know, uh, sitting in your car and lying at the window in Chanhassen. I mean, it's it's painful. It's painful uh, under normal circumstances. I think a lot of people equate the drive through at our license center, like it's McDonald's. I ordered 30 seconds ago. How come it isn't in my hand already? You know, and it takes a lot of time. I think just your tabs takes like 50 clicks by our staff to get it done. And that's state driven mm-hmm. thing. But while it's been, uh, The COVID, I just mailed mine in. I'd rather have gone in person. I just mailed them in. Now, it took about 45 days the first time I did it. Second time I did it, it took about three weeks. Should we be in the tabs business? You can just mail it in, get it back. Why wouldn't we think about that? No, so what, what are what are we providing <laughs> that that people really need and need hands-on or could there be less government somebody did it for me down at the state they're on my car so um, I, you know I, I like looking and I think guys like Matt Uterman and the rest of the county commissioners like to look at it and go how can we do it different I, so
0: yeah I'm not I'm not I, I opposing what that, I, that concept by any stretch. I'm just trying to, you know, you hear, being out in the, in the community, you hear different vantage points and everybody has an objective, right? And you mentioned the roads. I thought that was, a, that was a nice potential segue here is, you know, the transportation. Nobody wants the road next to their house. You know, our house was impacted when 212 went in. It was supposed to be lower. And because they, for whatever reason, it ended up being several feet higher. So then they changed the county road. You know, Audubon had to be elevated. You know, changed their, our, you know, kind of the nature of our neighborhood. Um, but conversely, it now takes nine minutes to get to 494 instead of, you know, 25 minutes that it took before that was in. So there's a, there's always a cost benefit. And, you know, you mentioned some of the things I think, um, you, certainly we're not in a race to the bottom. I'm just saying that there's people that are, you're constantly pressing for uh, lower taxes. And I think that's part of the balance of value. You know, I mean, somebody saying, I don't want, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want a library because I don't, you know, the, you know, if you take that same thing to a a, 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 a sort of an illogical conclusion, you could say, well, I don't want a library because I don't read, you know, I mean, we have a lot of money invested in that. And so I think there needs to be a a public mindset of this is for the public good this benefits everybody whether I personally use it or not you know I think about the curling example the curling club in Chaska when that came you know people were the the discussion was well I don't curl so what why would we do that and and you know other people were like oh that's great I don't have to drive to you know to Frogtown in St. Paul to go to the St. Paul curling club you know it's um
1: well you know Chanhassen and Chaska are two really good examples of that and I've been here for a long time I was on the city council And there was a lot of people in town who pushed for community center style stuff. Chaska owns a golf course, own a huge community center. They're involved in all this stuff. Um, Chan Asson isn't involved in any of it. And so, you know, I had a lot of people during that debate say, you know, I go to lifetime fitness. I don't need you building no rec center for, you know, people. Why should I pay for that? I'm paying for, you know, lifetime fitness. So, a um, lot, of, lot of debate about that and um, almost a smugness uh, point, if I recall back in the day, you know, I'm, I'm paying for this, so I'm not going to pay for that. Don't you dare and, you know, whatever else. But, um, you know, there's a lot of examples of those facilities. Chask is in the electricity business for granted uh, They're involved in a lot of different things. So it's the tale of two very close cities What's the right way to go? I mean, I don't think Chaska is considered a low property tax state. I think they had to increase their levy 12% or something last year, um, which is a huge number. So, but um, you know, I mean, but that's what people should talk to their elected officials about. You know, what what do you want us to do and and be in? And uh uh, it's all, it's all open game. We got 21 million coming from the feds. What do you want to do? You know? Yep. I, so. I like
0: this conversation, Tom, because I, I think this is the whole point of it, you know, because you think about things at, a, at certainly at a city council level, but also at a County level, it's real boots on the ground. This isn't, you know, it's not a partisan discussion. It's just, what are we going to do? You know, what do we want? Because there's a direct impact, you know, we're not, it's, it's not sort of theoretical, um, ideology it's okay boots on the ground you know um, I've had a number of people on the pocket they say potholes aren't you know aren't partisan <laughs> you know highways aren't you know there's a there's a development cycle so you know the I think the more people understand what you guys do the more engagement they can have and in certainly within reason in terms of where of what what your capacity is to actually do things you know, there's this notion that you're, you know, there's people sometimes that'll run for public office, like they're running for student council president. He's like, we're going to have, you know, free vending machines and no homework and longer recess. And it's like, you know, <laughs> and, and there's a certain people, oh, that sounds great. Right. Even though it's like completely outside the scope of the, of the job, you know, the job description. So that's why I wanted to spend a lot more time on, you know, what the county commissioners do. I know that one of your big passionate things certainly from your trucking background and, and different committees that you're involved on is transportation. So maybe let's talk a little bit about, you know, where that's going. um, You know, what the long-term plan is, because I want to segue from there into the interplay that Carver County has with the metropolitan council. So, so let's talk about transportation. You know, what are some of the big projects that are coming and, you know, what are you hoping for? And, and what do you think is you know what's what's on the wish list and what's on the most likely to happen list?
1: Well, we, we are we are just finished what is called uh, the Arboretum Transportation Plan. Uh, it's called that because the roads all are on all sides of the Arboretum, which I love, which is about a mile from here. Um, when Lyndon Robgent became our public works director, highway engineer, and he's a fantastic uh, hire maybe 11, 12 years ago. Um, He put together what we need in Carver County. And at that time, uh, literally the number was $850 million worth of stuff. And I think that number maybe is down a little bit, but uh, this stuff is very expensive. We're, we just approved and had the ribbon cutting for the next section of two twelve past Carver out to Cologne, connecting the four lane sections and dates and numbers kind of roll around because there's so many projects, but you know, it was a $60 million deal that used to seem big. Um, um, so, so there's 60 million and that's not all Pervert County taxpayer money. It's, you know state that you know it's all our money but it comes from different pots and but highway five is a huge problem um and you can remember when it wasn't even four lanes in Eden Prairie um when Prairie Center Drive didn't go over the top um or Mitchell Road or anything and Dell so, Road.
0: I, I drove on Dell Road South with the, one of one of the developers I was working with at the time, and we were four by fouring in there. You know, there was that cut. Sure. There was the curb cut for for Dell Road, and everything south was basically we were just in this great big field. And I was bouncing around in the back seat of this SUV, hitting the ceiling.
1: <laughs> well, in, in so, one hundred and one south of five in Channasson used to be the most fun road in the world. If you got a new sports car, let's head to Channasson. Uh, go to the Legion first. And then, uh, but we, you know, we've taken all the fun out of that road, uh, but it's safe and it's big and it's expensive. And, you know, uh, with the city, I think the city, it was the lead, you know, the over the bluff one um, 101 one So we got rid of that weavy right. little road. It was fun. Um, in the winter and spring when, when it melted, it wasn't fun because you couldn't get up it. But I mean, look at the enormity of that thing. Look at the enormity of that bridge that the Carver County board stuck their necks out on, actually loaned the state the money. We're still getting paid back on that bridge. So the taxpayers uh, through their county commissioners kind of stuck their necks out. Uh, if we, if we couldn't trust MnDOT the state to pay us back, but it was basically a, a post-it note agreement. Here you go. okay. Yeah, we owe you. Okay. So, but but just, just look at the size of that stuff. So back to Highway Five, but you know, it's still only four lanes to 41, the Arboretum. That next section is an expensive one. And um, you know, I've represented that area all my political career. Minawashta and Highway Five is the worst. I think I held a sit-in. Out there, when I was a legislator, to get attention from the rest of the legislature, we need to fix this. People can't get out out of there. But going through that wetland, uh, Lake Minnewashta wetland by the Arboretum, is very, very expensive. It's going to be done. It's going to be done like uh, we did to get over the Minnesota River, over to Shakopee, and take the road out and build a, a land bridge across. Um, but it's, it's, it's a mile, but it's, you know, $35 million. The state doesn't even have that highway five, their road on their 20 year plan. So think about 20 years from now. So the Arboretum study is, was meant to say, okay, here's what we need to do. Here's what it's each segment's going to cost. Let's get cracking. How are we going to do this? Uh, The the board uh, some years ago passed a half cent sales tax that's filling a lot of money in for Carver County to do projects exactly like this. We have a portion of these roads that are going to have to be done. If we go to the state and say, hey, we have 10 million to get that bridge on Highway 5 through the Arboretum, by the Arboretum, well, maybe they can find the twenty-five. That's sort of how that works. Scott County was a great example of how that worked. We just got a a grant to fix from Minnawashta to Rolling Acres. So we're kind of patchwork quilting this stuff. We don't have 850 million as I stated earlier. So where's it all gonna come from? And and so, but little by little in in our public works staff is getting those dollars, digging for those dollars federally and state. And, and little by little, um, I've always said if if I aged as slow as these highway projects happened, I'd be eight years old. Um, now, they, it just takes a long time to get them going. But you got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. That quaint gravel road behind on the south side of the Arboretum, neat gravel road, Um That is going to be completely upgraded and extend Lyman Boulevard. But we widely believe that that has to be done for us to do Highway 5 because we're not going to be able to shut down Highway 5 for, you know, so long while they're building bridges and widening and everything else. Where well, that, so what does that
0: cost? Where does that loop around cuz doesn't that doesn't that butt up to the arb then? I mean, are you talking about an extension where it just where it's st- it stays on the road and comes out at what is it like 80th street or something?
1: 82nd, now, right. 82nd there. Right, so that would be broken off there. So you know where there's a Y there getting towards the more uh, eastern end. Yeah. And then you go up you know, kind of curve up north to 82nd. That would <laughs> that would not be the route. It would go down to where Lyman is now.
0: Okay. All right. Cause that, yeah, you if you think about with all the growth that's going on. I mean, Waconia has got a bunch of stuff happening and if you cut off that five corridor, you know, 10's not equipped to handle, you know, excessive loads at this point either. Well, and
1: seven is horrible and you know, it's, right. it's geography. You have to get around lakes
0: and right
1: uh, going up to seven and whatever else like that. But so back well, to this right. you get Washington. all that
0: fill out. Of, you get all that fill out of mound, um, and so that's going to be jammed up. So
1: well, so you know, back to Minnehaha Washington Highway Five. It's a great example. So uh, I, I have a great relationship with the Arboretum, and they're a big quasi-government organization in the middle of all of this. And mm-hmm. they've sort of talked to us about you know what that boulevard lineman behind them will look like and everything else. Great, you know, we're great friends. Well, it was a happy day for me when they said, hey, we're going to move our, they tried and tried to get a light at their current entrance on Highway 5. It's very dangerous. Mm -hmm. They've said no to all of that. They're moving their entrance to down at Minowash Parkway. What that did was trigger the ability for us to get a light there. So now people from in can get out of there. I believe the, the current entrance, you'll be able to take a right out of there and maybe a right in and right out, but you're not going to be able to make a left. So as long as I've had a political career, this intersection has been bad. And I thought, wow, this is finally going to happen. People are, you know, that back up into Victoria at night is, is horrendous and people can't get out. I purposely go slower to create a gap so people can get out on my way to Floyd. So (laughs) as one does, (laughs) but guess what? Guess what? Uh, The Minnowash Parkway people are not happy because they believe it's going to, and it, it will create more traffic on Minnowash Parkway. And so they don't want it. They want it to stay a third. If, If you're, they don't want you to be able to enter the Arboretum from Minowash Park.
0: Well, from seven and then cross over and then go to the Arb from there, right?
1: Right. So um, so nothing is ever as easy as, uh, as you think. Um, and so, uh, you know, we're not ready to put our stamp of approval on a the design there or anything else like that. But so there's going to be a lot of debate about that. Going way back to when I was a city council member, we wanted to get more schools up in Chanhassen. Chaska was getting all the schools. Well, Chaska bought the land for their schools. All right, we got to buy a piece of land. So let's buy a piece of land across the street from me here, which is now Bluff Creek Elementary. And you wouldn't have believed neighbors from quite a distance away we were very angry that we were gonna have a school there. So I developed this saying, if I told you I was gonna build the gates of heaven across the street from you, you might complain about the lights and the noise and the dust, even if it was the gates of heaven. And, but yeah, people don't want uh, as as the seller of homes, I mean, I wish there was more education for people before they move in. To ask, what is that big, what is that big alfalfa field going to be someday?
0: On a state highway and a county road
1: intersection. Right. <laughs> correct and, and so <laughs> there, please ask I, there somebody were... <laughs> i guarantee you somebody knows at city hall what's gonna go there they have a plan and uh i mean i mean let's face it people move in next to railroad tracks and then they complain about the nice too but right but uh it, it, it's sort of amazing but yep i thought that Minnehaha parkway intersection was manna from heaven and but not so fast we're gonna we got a little work to do so
0: it's an it's going to be an interesting dev- as that goes because I've had Bob Moeller on and we talk in the connecting the trail that connects along there too that the arb is sort of agreeing to participate with that trail that runs basically from Lifetime and then it's going to go under Forty One and then runs along that entrance beautiful and, uh, connecting up to the Bavaria or you know Lake B- or Bavaria Road Trail Minnewaska or Minnewaska. But it'll get you to. It's for you. It'll get you to Floyd's faster. But
1: <laughs> right, <laughs> It's fun, magnificent. So. And you know, again, right. there's a there's a situation if you see that big carve out on the hill on the west side by Um, And then the bridge. Hey Tom, you know, can I,
0: I need to pause just for a second here? Okay.
1: All right. Sorry about that. I
0: had a leg a charley horse in my leg. <laughs> and given that we're uh, we're doing Zoom and you going to see me like going ah writhing about this Charlie horse so i'm sorry i didn't mean to break the pattern there but
1: well you know and back to numbers and you know completion dates that trail is going to be completed this summer and um you know i thought it was going to be two summers ago and i thought it was going to be about four and a half million i think it told us eight million um it was a big i mean there's so many layers of government uh, watersheds and uh, Corps of Engineers was the final say on, no, we're not going to let you build a trail, uh, asphalt trail through that, what appears to be a wetland. You know, many people don't know Highway 5 used to go through the Arboretum. Um, but, uh, you know, that bridge is a million dollar bridge. Mm. So the cost just sort of went up. That's very disappointing. It's an $8 million mile uh, trail. I'm going to enjoy it thoroughly. I'm a avid biker and so, but uh, very disappointed that it got that expensive by the time, you know, it all came out in the wash. It was getting a little late to cancel the thing. We did get some federal dollars for that, a million and a half, I believe. But that that's sort of the way government works, I guess. But there were so many agencies, including the Arboretum, but the Arboretum, the, the, the part that, that the locals paid for Carver County paid fifty percent of it, Arboretum twenty five, Asin twenty-five. So got it in the million million of dollars.
0: All right. Tom, I'm gonna take a I want to ask you a question here because we can keep I've got a bunch of stuff I'd love to talk to you about. Um we're getting close to an hour, which is kind of like what I like to cap it at. How would you feel about doing a part two?
1: Another sure. time so
0: we could sure I mean by the time
1: people watch this they're going to be just champing at the bit yeah yeah,
0: absolutely absolutely but no there's a lot of we you know there's a bunch of stuff I want to talk about met council um, what's going on with mental health I know that's a committee that you're involved with and then also you know talk about you know the directions we touched on this a little bit in terms of the direction the county's going but there are some significant um, there's sort of an interplay of the various comprehensive plans and and I think that you know that interplay between the county, the cities, and Met Council is something that we could spend a lot of time on, and so I don't want this to just get like crazy long. And so, if we could do a part two, would that be something you'd agree to? Sure, you bet. Okay, good. Well, then yeah, I'm yeah. going to wrap. I'm going to wrap this one up. Um, time with you. It's with
1: It's
0: great. No, this is fun. I I'm enjoyed the. You know, I, I I like that you can, um, you know, give context to things because so many times people give. You know, little, I mean, I, I don't think things can be governed by memes, you know? I mean, <laughs> little, those little phrases. I think it needs to be, there needs to be that context, like with respect to the trail. You know, why is it so expensive, right? Somebody leaves, hears that, loses their mind. Well, why is that, you know? And, and right. so having that context, I think, is really important. So I'm, I'm, I love this interview and I'd like to continue, but I think we should do it on a second time. Is that, Does that work? Fantastic. All right. Love to. Thanks for having me. All right. So I'm going to stop recording right now and we're going to call this part one.